Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The abortion legislation is signed in Indiana, and honestly, it's close to where we were. Couple of exceptions. And, and maybe this is where it ends. Maybe they don't address more of this in the general session, or I should say the regular session that takes place in January. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, always a pleasure. Great to be with you. Uh, they made the call to cap abortions at 10 weeks. Um, abortions will be allowed for fatal birth defects up to 20 weeks. However... There's a conversation about the idea of life of the mother or fetal anomaly. And I haven't been able to get a good description of what that means or what that would allow. Rape, incest, life of the mother, fetal anomaly. Which makes me think that there are cases where a doctor would say, yes, And it could be done. Uh, Also, no more um, abortion clinics. You would have to do this in a hospital. Well, okay, I'm I'm not bothered by that at all. Me, I'm not bothered by not having abortion clinics in Indiana. Oh, Planned Parenthood, they really provide health services. No, it's an abortion mill. Come on. Honesty is so important in this conversation. Like the honesty of you really didn't know that the pro-life side was a pro-life side and they wanted no exceptions at all. You're shocked and stunned by this. Look how radical they are. They have been telling you who they are from the beginning. And what is radical about we think life is life and damn it, we are going to say so. The horrific circumstances that could happen to create a life doesn't change the fact that it is a life. This is where the pro-life side is. I am stunned at the people who are shocked by this. I am amazed by the people who are shocked at that level of consistency. Well, they're just going to force birth. They believe the life matters. You are shocked by this? Where have you been? I'm equally shocked, as I have said, by the people who didn't understand that overturning Roe v. Wade would then bring it back to the states, and it's going to get messy. I am shocked by the people who want to avoid the messy, and they want the federal government just to take care of it so they don't have to discuss it. Think about it. Talk about it. The political left wants to make the argument that the political right is out of touch. The political left won't even notice that we're talking about life. They're totally cool with killing. They don't want that being the conversation. Turning it around? The political right doesn't want to show you that there are people who are immovable. They have a consistent train of thought, but people in and of themselves are like, look, there could be a reason, and we got to appreciate that. Look, if you don't think there should be an abortion when the life of the mother is at risk, sorry, that's a level of radical that I have no no connection to. You want to tell me that's God's plan? My wife's pregnant. My wife has to die while giving birth or before because there's a problem. And you want to tell me it's God's plan? I laugh at you. God doesn't even believe that. 
you say that a woman should die because of a uh, problem with, with a baby, and that's God's plan, God face palms. If you believe this, your religion is all sorts of wrong. Damn, Tony, that's a rough statement. Well, I'm sharing with you where Hoosiers are. I am sharing with you exactly where Hoosiers are. And where they are is saying... We've got a line that we think is too far, even if we agree with restrictions. So when I see the Indiana Democratic Party screaming about rolling things back, going back to the 50s, women don't want this. You don't speak for women. The Indiana Democratic Party doesn't speak for women. Stop it. There are plenty of women who are pro-life. You don't speak for women. Say it with me, Indiana Democrats. You don't speak for women. Although some women may agree with you, you don't speak for all women. You don't speak for all Hoosiers. Is this bill too extreme? This bill is close to where I thought it would be. Admittedly, I thought it was going to be 15 weeks and not 10. But after that, this is kind of exactly where I thought they'd be. And I'll give the Republican Party credit on something, because I think they've looked the fool in these arguments. They should have had more of this worked out before we ever got to this moment. To engage the vote on a Friday and a signing on, I think it was, was it signed on Saturday? Was it signed on Friday? I don't even remember. Um, talk about ending, ending the story, if you will. Right? You got the White House screaming, yelling, oh, this is terrible because of the extreme Supreme Court and their decision. Nobody cares what Corinne Jean-Pierre thinks. No one cares what this progressive thinks. They barely listen to her as press secretary. The bad job she's doing there, not because I say so, but because the press corps says so. She puts out a statement that the White House doesn't is unhappy about Indiana's decision. Ah, Can you imagine how many decisions Indiana is unhappy about from the White House? Dear Lord, our list wins. But they got done on a Friday. They got it done over the weekend, and it loses uh, steam. That isn't to say that there won't be things that come back uh, to to the General Assembly in in the regular session starting in January. But this is close to where I thought things would be this is close to how i thought things would 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 break down so now we have a part two which is the 200 dollars i thought it was gonna be 225 dollars they lied to me and i am unhappy about it. I wanted 225. They're only sending me 200. OMG. Are you kidding me right now? I am not. This is wrong. This is rude. This is disrespectful. I was told we were going to get some moolah. We were going to get some dinero. It's only 200. Not 225. Well, it's a billion dollars you're giving back, and and we have to put 80 million dollars to pre and postnatal care. Well, I, I have no issue with you putting 80 million dollars 
to pre- and postnatal care. Why couldn't you have taken that out of the other billions of dollars you have? $6.1 billion in cash reserves. You can't give back $225 a person like the governor wanted, like he, uh, to an extent, promised. That's weird. That's weird right there. That, that, is, that is awkward. And then they keep saying, well, you know, we already gave back $125. There's another $200. No, the $125 was automatic. That's the law. So let's not play around with the idea of you did this, you did that, we should add it together. That's not it. But there are some other things within here. And there's been this really interesting conversation about contraceptive care and, and things like that. There's an argument to be made that if you want to keep abortions down, make sure people have access to contraception. I think that argument might be something you see more of in the general session in January, where people are like, hey, what about dollars for this? What about dollars for that? Me, buy your own damn condoms. And if you can't buy condoms, don't do it. You know what I mean by it? Does everybody know what I mean by it? Yes, 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 yes. All right, I just want to make sure everybody knows what I meant. What I meant by when I said it. All right, all right, all right. Okay, good. Good. As long as Matthew McConaughey's uh, with me, we're going to be all right. Because sometimes, sometimes you can be talking about it, and people don't know uh, what, what it is. And I just want to make sure everybody knew what it was. Yes! 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 All right, as long as we got that covered, as long as we got it all all, all squared away, uh, we, we now understand what it is. Mmm, go nuts. Close. Close, but not exactly. Not exactly. We'll, we'll talk to you later, Homer. I am not interested in buying anybody's contraceptives. I am not interested in, in, in me writing that check at all. As a society, well, I don't know. I don't know. I do not know where Hoosiers are on that one. That'll be kind of interesting. So you've got this $80 million going to the pre and, 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 and postnatal. And then they are going to finally sign the repeal of the state tax on diapers. Now, this got pressed when the session was in play this year by a Democrat from Indianapolis named Carrie Hamilton. I do not know Carrie Hamilton at all. I am willing to bet you that Carrie Hamilton and I disagree about a billion things. A billion things. She is uh, House District 87. She put forward legislation, an amendment, to eliminate the sales tax on diapers and feminine hygiene products. And Republicans would not hear the amendment. I lost my ever-freaking-mind on this show. When a Democrat 
comes to you and says, I want to cut taxes, you say yes. It's Ghostbusters. If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. And the Republican Party was like, nah. A Democrat comes to you and wants to cut taxes? You hold a joint press conference talking about how great this is, how Hoosiers are coming together to help Hoosier families, realizing that tax cuts is the way, allowing people to spend their money the way they see fit, and then a list of 10 other things that we should cut taxes on to make it just a little easier for Hoosier families. You don't know how to do this? You don't know how to do that basic thing? It's embarrassing! It really is! Super duper embarrassing! Well, this now, this uh, tax on diapers is gone. That's going to get signed in. It was smart thinking then and it's smart thinking now. And if I was a Republican in, in the General Assembly... I I would have called uh, Representative Hamilton and been like, okay, what are 10 other things we can cut? Let's go. Let's do this. We'll we'll introduce it together. It'll be bipartisan. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Done. Who's going to disagree with this stuff? We'll, We'll beat them about the head and neck. Let's go. Less taxes is better. Less sales tax is better. Look, I don't care who you are, how much money you have. When you start buying diapers at a regular click or any of those baby items, you're like, damn, that crap's expensive. And anything that makes it a little easier is just the right thing to do, is the better thing to do, is the smarter thing to do, even if you don't want to call it the right thing to do. If the argument is we want to give Hoosier families every advantage to grow their family, which is oddly a conversation that comes from the right and the left, well, then let's damn well do it. It should never have been voted no on to begin with. If I was in the General Assembly, I'd find 10 more things. If I was Governor Holcomb, I would have called her up and been like, what's 10 more things? What else can we put in here? What else can we cut taxes on? Let's go, let's go. I honestly don't think Governor Holcomb engages that level of leadership. I could be wrong, but I saw how the disjointed of the Republican Party was going into this special session. I'm amazed they got it all done, by the way. I didn't think they would. And I, I again say, I don't think this is the end. As much as they may not want to go back to it in the general session, some things they're going to have to and some things they're going to want to. But we get all get $200 back, at least the taxpayers. There are so, some, some, some deals. Uh, that that were created. And as you, you've heard me say, the thing that I'm just simply disgusted by is how companies who are more woke than they are rational have responded by attacking the state. They're attacking the state with zero data, just anger. And I find it despicable. I find, as much as I find how the Republican Party went into this pathetic, as much as I find how the Democratic Party won't even recognize that we're talking about life in this abortion conversation, pathetic. Man, the so-called civic leaders of the business community, pathetic. Doesn't have to be like this. 
Not everything needs to be this woke insanity nonsense. Sometimes you can just talk and agree and disagree without threatening anybody or attacking anybody. You just talk and realize that you're going to disagree and sometimes you'll lose. I've lost many an argument. I've lost many uh, 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 policy argument where people voted the other way. No, we're going to attack Republicans for taking women back. We're going to make the claim that one party speaks for all women. We're going to attack the state and try and hurt the state for a decision that the vast majority of Hoosiers agree with in creating limitations. Not eradicating, creating limitations on abortion. And I can't get Republicans to recognize that a tax cut is good. Man... They asked me why I drink bourbon. Well, there's just some of the reasons. I'm Tony Katz. Been a lot of Israeli airstrikes. They're supposedly engaged in a ceasefire right now. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, uh, Israel killing another uh, jihad commander, as described by the New York Post. Yeah. And they hide in apartment complexes, and they hide in schools, and they hide in other places, and sometimes other people get harmed. Uh, I I, I must uh, state for the record, these terrorists are awful for the people that they terrorize, and uh, Gaza would be much better if there was no Hezbollah. Much, much better. But the story is that Iran has a very close connection to the guy who will be the new leader of Al-Qaeda. He was the longtime head of its security arm, and he spent time in Iran during the early 2000s, that after the September 11th attacks, and he was getting protected by the Revolutionary Guard, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. He is the guy who orchestrated an operation in Saudi Arabia in 2003 that killed eight Americans. So Al-Qaeda is operating in Afghanistan with impunity and Al-Qaeda is now getting support and help from Iran yet I have a president in Joe Biden who's like there's no Al-Qaeda of of consequence in Afghanistan take a look at most of the experts who look at this they acknowledge that there is no concentration of any consequence of Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan You just ordered the assassination, the killing of the number two guy uh, under Osama bin Laden, who was leading al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. This is ugly stuff and only getting uglier. And this is what happens when you don't lead on a world stage. This is Tony Katz today. The raid of President Trump's home in Florida, Mar-a-Lago, leads one to many questions. Was a raid necessary? Did President Trump break the law? Did he have in his possession classified information? Is he not allowed to? Could he he had declassified it as President of the United States when he took it with him? Was a warrant necessary? What happened here what would be the legal reasoning for a warrant requiring 30 FBI agents to deliver it? Tony Katz, 
Tony Katz today. William Jacobson joins us right now. Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. You have got certainly a take on this, referring to it, and in a in an article that you put out yesterday, last night, this is a provocation. They are trying to get a reaction that allows a further crackdown and literally warning former President Trump, don't take the bait. Uh, let's start with the, the, the pretense to this warrant. What is it that you have read? What is it that you have seen? And is there something here that is a standard for the FBI, a burden of proof that a judge would sign off on saying, clearly you have to go to the House and bring 30 agents with you? Well, uh, we don't, there's a lot we don't know. I mean, we have to say that right now. I mean, we know what the New York Times and CNN and even Fox News are reporting. They're being told that this regards records that uh, the National Archives are saying Trump shouldn't have taken with him. Those records may or may not include classified information. And that's the purported basis for the warrant. And there are potential crimes there. They're usually not prosecuted. But to go to a judge, you don't need to convince the judge that this is politically wise. You just need to convince the judge that you've met the standard to execute a search warrant, that you've met that threshold that you have reason to believe a crime was committed. Uh, here's what the crime potentially is, and here's the evidence we think is at a certain location. So I, everybody's saying you have to meet this super high threshold when it's a former president. I think politically that's correct, but Legally, I think it's the same standard. So I don't think they had to meet a very high threshold. I think that there's got to be something else going on here because they have to have known what firestorm this would set off. And the question is, do they not care? Did they want the firestorm? Uh, what are they really up to? I, my point in my post is that this is a provocation. And whether it was intentional or not, I think it was, uh, to send 30 agents to Mar-a-Lago to raid the place, to break into the safe, which I think it turns out was empty, to cart off all sorts of boxes. Uh, That's a provocation, considering it's not just the former president, but the likely, or at least substantially likely, uh, Republican nominee. So they're trying to provoke something here, and we don't know what it is, but we also don't know if this is just a pretense that they use, that they'll go in and seize records under the pretense of a National Archives violation, uh, but they're really looking for something else. But, uh, you know, so there's a lot of mystery here. I I don't disagree, but one of the conversations has been that, yes, a president can declassify anything that they choose, and just the act of taking the documents, which people knew about. I mean, this this was a a story that there had already been conversations with the FBI about documents, but that in and of itself could have declassified them. Is that a legitimate take? I don't know the answer to whether the mere removal of the documents constitutes declassification. So I don't know the the answer to that. But you make a very good point. None of this is new. Why raid the place? This has been in the news for months. I remember hearing about this two or three or four months ago, that there was some dispute regarding the archives that he took with him. This is not new. Uh, One of the things that has come out is that the Trump lawyers have been in negotiations with the government. And apparently the government was even at Mar-a-Lago with the Trump lawyers at some point in the past. Uh, 
Uh, and so none of it, why a raid? None of it makes sense unless you're trying to provoke something or unless you have some completely other agenda and are just exploiting the records issue to get to your agenda. But a, a raid at 6 in the morning with 30 FBI people breaking into safes at Mar-a-Lago, carting out boxes uh, in an issue which is really, as far as has been disclosed, not substantial as to the archives, um, not something that's normally prosecuted. Everybody might, or not everybody, but some people might remember Sandy Berger, who walked out with National Archives documents in his sock. He was a former, I think, Clinton uh, associate. So this is not, and of course, then there's Hillary Clinton, who set up a shadow server at her house uh, to essentially run government business and then deleted 30,000 emails. She wasn't prosecuted. So this is all very strange, but there's no question that Merrick Garland and senior FBI people had to know how provocative it would be when they raided Mar-a-Lago. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. Uh, I'll get into the politics of it, of it later, and I encourage people to go to LegalInsurrection.com and, and read your post. It's that wanting to understand certain things about how a warrant uh, get, gets executed, uh, you're right that you don't have to prove that it's politically smart, but you would have to... Um, You'd have to you have to show the judge something, and is is it as simple as well? We believe uh, that he has these classified documents, and we have to go get them. Is it as simple as that? It could have been. I mean, it could have been. We don't know because we haven't seen the warrant. We haven't seen any of the papers. They've been filed under seal in court, and the government's not releasing it. Uh, so. It could be as simple as, hey, judge, no biggie here. There's this address in Palm Beach that has records we want. Obviously, everybody would have known whose address it is and what it is. But my point is it could literally be as simple as uh, stolen property is located. We want to execute a search warrant for evidence of the crime. Now let's get into where... um it gets interesting. You posted this uh, on Legal Insurrection, um, and this is about uh, U.S. Code, 18 U.S. Code 2071. Mark Elias, who is a, a, a progressive-leaning uh, lawyer, worked with Hillary Clinton, a lot of questionable things uh, about him and about his his uh, law firm associations, uh, discussing this 18 U.S. Code 2071 about how whoever has custody of such a record shall be forfeited shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Um, it would seem to me, based on reading it and not being a lawyer, that it's not about being um, sh- proven guilty. It's about having the custody of such a record or engaged in, in somehow destroying such a record. That's a fine and that's an imprisonment. Um, and I assume, of course, that, that, that someone has to be found guilty. Um, but does someone have to be found guilty in a court to be disqualified from withholding an office? Meaning, is this the reason for the raid to be able to say, aha, you can't run for president again? Well, a couple of points here. One, Mark Elias is the premier Democrat election lawyer. He's the one who fought all the fights in 2020 and is fighting them in 2022 to try to change election laws, to get, try to get judges to overturn legislation. 
he also was at the law firm and was involved in the funding of the Steele dossier. His law firm, and he was had involvement, that's been documented, um, was the one who uh, hired uh, Fusion GPS, which hired Steele to write the dossier. They were essentially a cover for the Clinton campaign, where they were the Clinton campaign's law firm. So he is a very tied-in guy. And he tweeted that, Maybe this statute is what it's all about. Now, there's several problems with the statute, one of which, when you're talking about uh, prohibit excluding somebody from running for president, I mean, the Constitution has provisions in it as to the qualification to be president. So there's a real question whether a legislation could override the, con- override the constitutional requirements. The Constitution also has a provision for barring somebody from running for office. It's called impeachment. Uh, and that could be one of the remedies. So I don't think it would be effective, but the fact that Mark Elias is tweeting it out is a clue that this is what the end game is for the Democrats. They do not want Trump running. They want him boxed out however they can get him boxed out. I don't think it would be effective invoking the statute, but it's something they, their lawyer, their key election lawyer is talking about. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. It's interesting. As I'm talking to you, I, I, I've got people uh, saying, what's the point of this interview? He doesn't know anything because we don't know anything from the FBI unless he unless he's a Cornell Law Professor and a psychic FBI agent. This is nonsense. So so uh, people very much very interested in not having this be just a general conversation about what do we know? What does the data tell us? How do some of these legal things work Andrew Cuomo sorry about that Andrew Cuomo the former governor of New York putting out that the Department of Justice must immediately explain the reason for its raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and it's, it's kind of re- remarkable that it has to be much more than a search for inconsequential archives or it will be viewed as a political tactic and undermine any future credible investigation and legitimacy of the January 6th investigations. Some people are desperate to put their head in the sand. Some people are desperate not to talk about it. And some people are laying it out there. You better have a real provocation for this. Already, people, while you and I are discussing the just the nuts and bolts of what went on here, and you have gotten into a bit of the political about why you think this took place, there are other people who are saying, this is an incredibly bad look, and if the FBI doesn't back this up and the DOJ right quick, this is going to be terrible for the country. Yeah, well, in terms of any complaints, we only can know what we can know. I mean, the FBI has not released anything. They could have unsealed the warrant. They could have done a lot of other things. They could have given an explanation, like even Democrat politicians are calling on them to explain this. So we can only know what we know. We do know that the FBI has a long history of targeting Donald Trump. The then director of the FBI, James Comey, admitted uh, in congressional testimony that he set Trump up. I think it was the day Trump got inaugurated or the next day, but within the first day or two, he went to the White House for the specific purpose of setting Trump up on the Steele dossier so that what would happen is the Steele dossier, the networks weren't going to run with it because they didn't feel it was, they had the foundation. But Comey went there and discussed it with Trump. 
Now the news item was Comey discussed it with Trump. That was a setup. And it was then leaked to CNN, which ran with the story. So all those people saying, you're speculating, you don't know. Well, we do know that the FBI has a history of going after Trump in a very seedy way. And so I think the presumption going into this is that if they're doing a record search, which is something that's normally not done. I mean, they didn't do it to Hillary Clinton uh, when she had her server at home. So and they've been interacting with Trump's lawyers and this is something that's been known for several months. So I think it's fair to read into this that until the FBI shows otherwise, we have to assume this is politically tainted, just like so much of the other politically tainted stuff they've done to Donald Trump. And that's where I'm coming from. Until we know more, this look has a really bad look. And when even Andrew Cuomo is calling on them to release the information and give an explanation. Uh, you know, yesterday, I don't normally watch CNN and MSNBC, but when there are events that happen, I think it's really helpful to see what the other side I agree, says. yeah. And I went there yesterday. Now, I didn't watch all day, but when I went there and I flipped back and forth, let me tell you, uh, David Axelrod, uh, Obama's former uh, chief associate, uh, was on there and others saying, there better be something really big here. Or this is going to be a disaster for the Democrats, okay? That's not me saying it. That's not Republicans. That was David Axelrod. He said, you know, there better be something big here because if there's not, this is going to backfire. And that was the, the vibe I was getting at both CNN and MSNBC. People were saying, of course, they hate Trump, so that's a given. But they were saying, if there's not a there there, if there's not something big, if this is just – well, he's got some records and he didn't return them and his lawyer didn't get him back to us fast enough. You don't raid the home of the former president of a person who's likely to be a, if not the nominee, certainly a candidate uh, in a couple of years for president. You don't do that unless you, that, that's a big deal politically. And so I think it's fair for everybody to say until the FBI shows there's something non-political here, until they show it's more than records, uh, then there's a problem here. This has all the appearances and all the smell of the FBI trying to set Trump up for something, just like James Comey tried to set him up for something uh, the day or two after he took office. You know, it's it's funny. The, the, the objective was to get data but it's 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 amazing how many people online and 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 as we discuss it how this swings so incredibly incredibly political so quickly and it was just it's it's re- remarkable the the default reaction between those people in the know and those people who are thinking and those people who are just hyper-partisan who desperately needed to be to uh, some political agenda, which is about attacking the people they disagree with and destroying them, as opposed to recognizing where the American people are, how people respond to these things, which isn't in a legal way, is in an emotional, passionate way. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind legal insurrection. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. That passionate way is, 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 this, is the statement of, this isn't right. This is not how we're supposed to do things. And when you have an an Axelrod or others engaging that conversation, man, oh man, oh man. And and Andrew Cuomo, that speaks volumes, uh, much bigger volumes than uh, people on Twitter who desperately want to dismiss you. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.
You know, it's rare for me to take a whole show and and spend so much time on one topic. And and part of me wants to apologize for it, and part of me is like, no, it 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 it, it was that big, and it required all the different. Uh, moving uh, parts of it, William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, Congressman Jim Banks, I want to put my commentary out there. There are other stories, major things happening, and I'll get back to them tomorrow. Um, the The question before us is, what kind of nation do we want? And I get, and I understand, and I agree that a lot of this is political, and it's going to play out politically. The only people who don't believe that this is damaging for the political left are are the the Twitterati. But there's a bigger conversation about how it plays out for the nation. And what is it that we want? And that we has to be, whether you're a conservative or a liberal, Republican or Democrat, whatever you want to call yourself, we can't have... An abusive government and a government that abuses the people, whether it's the FBI or the IRS or anybody else. And if we have people who want that, then we have bigger problems than we know. We'll get into more of it and a lot more stories tomorrow, everyone. Take care.